Hello friends, welcome to another iteration of Portals Under the Influence, where you will get a taste of all that will be accessible to you on the Portal app, specifically these weekly updates that are acoustically shared. Now, this update, this transitory exploration, let's call it, is for October 23rd and the next handful of days, essentially the next week here. Now, for those of you who have ever worn bras in your life, you know that moment where you get home and you take off your bra and you feel like you can breathe again? I mean, I think a lot of us are starting to not wear bras at all, but hang with me here. It might feel right now, today, October 23rd, like you just took off your goddamn bra. The too tight, kind of constricting, strangulating feeling of Saturn retrograding for the last time through Aquarius just ended. Just ended yesterday, October 22nd. And it's been in retrograde since June 4th. So if you are feeling an immense sigh of relief, especially those of you who are moving through the last bits of your Saturn return as Saturn makes its final pass through Aquarius, which will essentially take us into the spring. If you're feeling a relief, just note that it is a great time to take a deep breath. It is a great time to allow yourself to feel the relief of the lessons that you've learned, of the intensity of the kind of Saturnian pressure that has been amplified potentially as Saturn has moved retrograde. As a reminder, Saturn is the planet of boundaries, of structure. It's the father. It's time. It is, you know, the the kind of uh, looking glass that says to us, hey, look, <laughs> you can't get away with doing this anymore. It's not going to serve you. It's not serving you. And oftentimes this makes for some challenge because as humans, we, you know, become creatures of habit and Saturn oftentimes really allows us the opportunity to look at the habits that are less than optimal and ask us with its stern voice, if we are willing to continue those habits and continue the less than optimal outcomes. And as Saturn move retrograde, you know, from June to October, it really puts this kind of internal feeling on the Saturnian energy rather than it being, you know, the shifts that are happening outside of us. That's often shifts I find when Saturn moves retrograde that are happening internally, right? Really setting up the internal space so that the internal space can begin to affect the external space. So if you are feeling like there was just a a kind of release valve that was struck as the wind strikes outside. If you feel like there was a release valve that was just struck in your life, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And now's the time to take take a deep breath, but also maybe reflect on what you've been learning since June. What's really been up for you, whether you are in your Saturn return or not. We are all under the influence of Saturn transiting through all of the Aquarian micro archetypes. And right now, Saturn is just moving through the gate 13. Fellowship with man. 
the gate that asks us to get a little bit more objective about our emotional state so that we can see how our emotional state is reflected to us by way of the whole, by way of every other person. And this is not always an easy thing because emotions feel so big and subjective and you know, they impact our physical bodies. So if you're kind of feeling a release valve on an inner intensity around your emotional state of, of late uh, and it feels like you can breathe again, do, do so. Allow yourself to breathe. Allow yourself to breathe. And ask yourself, why did I put on that constricting bra in the first place? Metaphorically speaking, of course. Now, I want to pull our attention to the sun and earth because... Right now, happy Scorpio season, the sun just moved into the constellation of Scorpio in the gate 50. The gate 50 is one of those gates that splits between the archetypes of Libra and Scorpio. And, you know, it's it's the very last degrees of Libra before the change, before the shift into Scorpio and the very beginning degrees of Scorpio. And while the sun sits in the gate 50, the gate of the cauldron or the gate of values, the earth sits in the gate three, which is the gate of ordering or in the I Ching difficulty at the beginning. It's a, it's a individual empowerment gate under an immense amount of pressure as it sits in the sacral center, reaching for the root, reaching for the potential for mutation, the potential for change. And the gate 50, on the other hand, is not a mutative gate at all. Now, that doesn't mean it can't be mutated. But it's traditional. It's defense circuitry. It is survival-oriented. It is one of the gates that essentially collectively, for every individual, shows us how we bond, how we care, how we stay secure. You know, it speaks to the role that we take in relationship. So as the earth and sun finish up their dance through the gate 50, the gate of the cauldron, which asks us to take responsibility. And the earth is sitting in that gate three the gate of ordering, difficulty at the beginning, a gate that asks us to mutate, we have this funny polarity. A polarity that pushes the edges of, okay, do I follow the trajectory of the tradition? Do I continue to perpetuate the values of my family, of society, of the structures of the tribe, of the tribal circuitry, that the, you know, the values that say this is what we do, this is how we do it, period. Or do I honor the mutative impulse for change? The gate three. The gate three is often, you know, thought of as chaos. Difficulty at the beginning. Why are things difficult at the beginning? Because we can't yet see the order in the chaos. It's not that there's no order, we just haven't perceived it yet. And when there's a fear of responsibility, whether that is a, you know, someone taking too much responsibility or not taking enough, and you have a pressure to mutate with that, 
there becomes this whole process, this question asking that says, do I want to allow my individual impulse to push me forward, to change me, to change my values, to mutate me? Do I have it in me to follow that subtle whisper, the Ciceros of the individual energy that goes, you know, those tribal values, they're just not working anymore. And you can feel this and there's a tension here and I need you to go your own way. And then on flips the responsibility button. And sometimes when the responsibility button, right, fear, each splenic gate holds a fear, the gate 50 holds the fear of responsibility. And you flip that button on and all of a sudden, the individual mutative impulse goes, I don't know if we can, I don't know if we should change, you know, it might be dangerous to change. It might not be okay. We might make some people really upset. What is everybody else going to think? We're breaking the traditional mold. I don't know. And so it's then that we get to come back to the theme that we've talked about in previous weeks of are your actions, our actions, my actions, collectively our actions, are they driven by fear? Are they moving from the frequency of fear? The frequency of fear of responsibility that keeps us from mutating, that keeps us from changing, which of course then causes this immense chasm within the individual, because there is a pressure to mutate. And yet, what is everyone going to think? Am I going to get kicked out of the tribe? But ironically, in the gate 50 and in the channel of preservation, the splenic channel that connects to the sacral center by way of the 50 connecting to the gate 27, the gate of values or the cauldron connecting to the gate of caring or nourishment, a channel that allows for preservation of anything brought into the world, be it a child, an idea, etc. In that channel, there is a concept of selfish enlightenment. So while it is defense circuitry, while it is tribal, there is a concept that says, hey, I, we realize that we have to empower ourselves first. We have to fill our own cups first, whether that is literal or metaphorical, it is the truth. You can't have a, you know, a, a cauldron, a gate 50 of values, someone who's embodying values and caring for others who is weak, who is not intelligent, who is not connected to the innate intelligence of the body and the senses and the genius that lives in the gate 50. You can't. You know, you don't give yourself... The energy you need, the nutrients you need, the time you need, the groundedness you need, and you're going to feel the repercussions of that. You don't build a strong, you, you know, I should, what I should say is, if your foundation is not strong, how do you expect to stand on it? Never mind, build on it. And that's what the channel of preservation asks us to do. It says build a really fucking strong foundation. And then ask, invite bring in people who you care about to stand on that foundation with you. And so the irony here is the tension of the gate three asking for individual mutative impulse. Hey, you got to change. We got to change. There's another way to do this. And I know it flies in the face of everything of the tribe, but 
I can feel the pressure of death. I can feel the potential of death across from the gate threes. It's the gate 60, the gate of limitation. You know, if the gate three is life, the newborn, the, the initial impulse, then the gate 60 is, is death, is dying, is goodbye. And the gate three feels that. The gate three feels that and it does a dance that says, okay, cool, I'll try not to die. But I also might take some risks. I might change things. I might do things a new way. And the gate 50 is going, be careful. We've got to preserve ourselves. We have a fear that we might not be able to take responsibility or that we might get too much responsibility. So watch in yourself this tension between going the way that has been paved, that is acceptable to, you know, you, your family, your friends, society, and hold that against what's happening internally. Is there an internal individual mutative impulse to do it your own way? And how are these two things dancing together? And what happens if you ignore the impulse? Do you get resentful? Do you get, you know, kind of stuck? Do you feel annoyed? Do you white knuckle for control because things feel chaotic? In both the gate 50 and the gate 3, there can be a real rigidity. If anyone under their influence or who is embodying them acts from a place of fear. Whereas when we act from a place of trust and love, when we are holding that frequency and allowing that frequency to orchestrate our behaviors, our thoughts, our actions, our emotional states, there's a real brilliance, uh, there's a, a moving toward harmony and innovation toward equilibrium that begins to happen in these gates. Now, we're not just finishing up a transit with this theme and then moving on to a new theme. No, as we move from the gate 50 or the end of the gate 50 transit, we are moving into the gate 28 and 27. The sun in the gate 28, the gate of the risk taker, preponderance of the great in the I Ching, and the gate 27 that I mentioned earlier, the gate of caring or nourishment. And so what we get, once again, is the themes of individual mutation, individual empowerment, self-empowerment, sitting in the gate 28. And then that tribal defense circuitry, that tribal defense energy, the gate 27, the gate of nourishment or caring. So again, you know, not just this week, not just what past but also what's coming we are going to again be dancing in the themes of do i go my own way or do i go the way of the tribe the family the community and there isn't necessarily a definitive answer here but it's feeling how our choice to that question our choice to answer that question truthfully, is not always an easy one. And as many of us can feel 
in our bodies, we are at the end of an epoch. We are at the end of, of a major era where we have all, and those who, who lived in the era longer than we, we've all been pressurized to go the way of the tribe, right? Follow the, the life path, make the commitments, buy the house, have the kids, get married. Not saying any of this is wrong, but that's been the norm, right? The way of the gate 50 or the way of the gate 27, put others before you, follow the rules, go. And we are sitting right on the precipice of a new age. An age where consciousness is changing and we're becoming more aware of energy and energetics. And as we move in this, into this age, we are moving toward the time of the individual. Now, that doesn't mean we have to have hyper-identified individual identities that are so unique and hyper-focused and blah, blah, blah. The individual makes up the collective, right? It doesn't mean we're going to be isolated individuals, but consciousness, the waves of energy, the frequency of the field that we are all living in is changing. And oftentimes, the macrocosm reflects the microcosm and the micro the macro. So if in you right now, you have been tussling with, wrestling with the individual mutative impulse held up against the kind of tribal defense circuitry that says we have a way and the individual goes, yeah, I know. And I'm struggling with that because inside of me is a whispering that tells me to go another way. So what do I do? If that is happening within you, you're right on time. You can trust the tension. Tension can be our teacher. And right now it is teaching us an immense amount, an immense amount about the frequency that changes when we choose self-empowerment, when we choose ourselves first, because what happens when we choose ourselves first? Well, the need for hierarchy disappears. We stop looking to other people to be our authority. We start taking radical responsibility, radical ownership, and from there are able to feel radical aliveness and see that in others. Think on, you know, a situation for a moment where you chose someone else over yourself. How did that pan out for you in the long term? Did it make you resent them? Did it make you hold that resentment in your body or frustration in your body or a lack of trust in your body. Ra Uruhu, the original transmitter of the system of human design, often speaks to the concept of selfish enlightenment, or I should say spoke. Surely his spirit is with us in the whole system, but he, as a physical being, is no longer on the earth. He spoke to the concept of selfish enlightenment often. And this concept that if we all put ourselves first, if we all followed our own individual, unique inner authority to make decisions and deconditioned, we would move out of the homogenized energetic field that says you got to do it this way and this is how we do it. Which creates an immense amount of tension, stuckness and stagnation in the individual. It's just whether or not we're aware of it. But as I just spoke to, there is a 
huge, significant shift in our awareness, in consciousness, in the energetic field that we are living in. And more people than not, many clients I speak to, and I imagine many humans I speak to as well, and I imagine many humans you speak to, are no longer able to avoid the innate impulse that says, I need you to do this for yourself, (laughs) even if it feels like you're going to die. And that lives in the gate 28. Think about risk-taking. Think about how transitory this life is. We're here and then we're gone. And so in the gate 28, we get that theme. We get the theme of greatness. Greatness that can be achieved through risk-taking or not. And just to contextualize this, it can feel like a great risk to go against the way that has always been. It can feel like a great risk to take the leap and make the choice that is the self-empowered choice. That can feel like a great risk. And so we get to dance in these themes and you get to ask yourself, am I putting myself first? Am I putting myself first in a way that has integrity? Am I meeting my basic human needs? The the channel of preservation, which we will actually have defined, uh, you know, for a handful of days, when we move into the gate 27, being occupied by the earth, and the gate 50 being occupied by Mercury which, you know, Mercury is going to move into the gate 50 come October 27th and the Earth will still be in the gate 27 and we'll get that channel of preservation collectively defined, the 5027. And that is a channel that says, hey, we've got to meet our needs. How are you sleeping? How are you eating? How are you moving? How are you making love? How are you connecting with others? How are you being in intimacy? How are you being in your relationships? Are your basic human needs, your foundational human needs, are they being met? Because if they're not, it's going to be a lot harder to follow that individual impulse. Think about when you're hangry. Can you make hard decisions? (laughs) Is it easy to make them? Do you feel stabilized? Probably not. So this channel does that. It says, look, I need you to take care of yourself first. Then from there, once your cup is filled, once your foundation is built, go ahead, empower others, support others. But until then, mind your own business. Take care of your own needs first. And that's something that, you know, even 10 years ago would have been scoffed at. Oh, you're so selfish. Well, yeah. We're moving into an era where we have to be selfish. We have to care for ourselves first because everything, everything is pulling us in a direction to stay too busy, to be too busy. We take for granted even just eating. We think we can eat and multitask. We think we can eat under stressful circumstances. We can't. Our bodies are not designed to do that. Our nervous systems are not designed to do that. We take for granted intimacy. We take for granted sex. We take for granted sleep. Oh, we should just be able to do these things. Well, what happens when the human is put into an environment where it's consistently sitting in a stressed state? How does the channel of preservation feel about that? 
when our basic foundational human functions stop working. It doesn't feel good. (laughs) It doesn't. So really notice in these handful of days, what is the dance that's happening between my individual self, my individual impulse, and the kind of tension of the tribe, the tension of, you know, following the rules. And can I trust myself, even when it's terrifying, to follow my individual impulse? Now, if you're going, Alyssa, how the hell am I supposed to know how to do that? Same old answer I will always give you, and it's tried and true. Follow your strategy and authority. Whether that is the in the now sacral response, whether that is the time, giving yourself the time of your emotional wave, whether that is listening to the splenic impulse in the moment, whether that is, you know, being attuned to the autopilot system of the G-centered self-projected authority, whether that is, you know, really noticing how your environment impacts you, if you are a mental projector or a reflector, follow your strategy and authority. That is how you learn to dance with, do I go with the individual impulse or do I go with the tribal, you know, traditions? Well, it's not a mental decision. It's a pure body guided decision and you make it by following your strategy and authority. So that's what we are dancing with this week. Now, as we dance with that, we will see some redundancy as Venus uh, finishes its transit through Libra, um, you know, where it's, it's pretty comfy. And, you know, right now, yesterday, October 22nd, and today, the 23rd, um, Venus is sitting right with the sun, real cozy, right there, conjunct. And so relationship and values and embodiment of values and standards is up. And it's no irony that it's up while the sun and Venus are in the gate of values. So really being attuned to how did Saturday and Sunday feel for me? Do I feel like I'm in alignment with my values? Do I feel like my values enrich my life? Am I embodying the values that I know enrich my life or not? And of course, no judgment either way, but being the objective observer of that and then asking yourself, are you following your strategy and authority is essential. Now, Venus is about to move into Scorpio where it's not quite as comfortable and it's going to be moving into the gate 28. So you're going to get more redundancy, that gate 28, that individual gate we just talked about, the gate of the risk taker. And then by the end of this upcoming week, Venus will be sitting in the gate 44, the gate of alertness. So really watching, 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 noticing how our focus is being pulled into these kind of, this kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? teeter-tottering a oh my gosh I can't think of it it's on a playground what does it do a seesaw this kind of seesaw action between the individual and the tribe and the individual energy the individual impulse and the values of the individual you know as represented by the gate 28 and then we move back into a tribal gate a real instinctual gate the gate 44 and so noticing how Venus kind of moves through that and how you can support your individual knowing with your instincts 
And again, of course, always with your strategy and authority. And, you know, that's going to be the case as Venus moves through and Saturn continues to make its way through the kind of last legs over the next couple months of Aquarius, where it has absolutely planted the seeds and, you know, kind of burned down the structures of, of the, of the collective, of how we relate to each other. I think more people in the last two years, in the last really six months, especially, have become aware of relationship dynamics that are not working for them. You know, the gate 13 in the Gene Keys talks about discernment. Discernment in our relationships. Discernment about our emotions. Discernment about seeing things as archetypal. As not taking it personally, but allowing ourselves to really see the interconnectedness. And I think as we have, we've gotten a little bit more clear about where boundaries need to be set. And sometimes if there's not a boundary and then a boundary is set, that can feel uncomfortable. If I don't have a fence between my yard and your yard and all of a sudden I put a fence up, you're going to be like, did I do something wrong? Right? But that's the choice of the individual. Do I put the fence up because I know I want more privacy or do I not because I'm afraid of, you know, my neighbor getting upset? So for the rest of the week, you'll probably feel that in your focus and your kind of awareness. And then Mars is going to be making its way through the gate 12. As you know, Marge is, Marge, Marge, Marge is, Mars is the energy dynamic, right? It is, you know, the mutation, it's drive and the gate 12 is the gate of caution or standstill. It's a throat center gate that is also individual. You know, it, it either takes ca- full on caution or it throws caution to the wind and it just is in a state of abandon. And it is going to speak to wherever it's at. It's very romantic. Oh, I I did this. I tried that. I, you know, I would love to tell you about this or, you know what, I actually don't feel like talking at all. This gate is kind of like an on-off switch, an on-off switch for open expression or not so much. Mercury will be moving, you know, Mercury, the planet of communication, of intellect, of the internal process and kind of how we understand things. Mercury will be moving from the gate of intuition the gentle, the gate 57, a splenic gate, into the gate 32 of continuity, all about preservation and perseverance. Can we, can this energy be transformed? Can I transform this? So if in your mental space, you begin to kind of notice awareness blooming around what you have energy to transform or not, great. Trust that. And then Mercury will move into the gate 50, which you'll be plenty familiar with by the time Mercury gets there. The gate of the cauldron, the gate of your values. Now, all the while, Jupiter, the planet of expansion, is still moving through the gate 25. The gate of universal love, of innocence. And 
with this gate, we can really distill down to ask ourselves the question of, am I opening or closing? Am I contracting, constricting? I didn't like that. I'm closing, I'm closing, I'm closing. Which is a really common habit that most of us have when we don't like something (laughs) or something feels threatening. Or can we open? Can we open in any moment, in every moment? What is the choice we are making? Acceptance, opening, which is really all we can do. To not accept something just creates constriction. Or are we closing? So Jupiter moving through that gate asks us that. And, you know, the rest of the crew, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, are still in really similar spaces to that which they have been for the last handful of weeks, months. Uranus in the gate of the receptive, gate two, conjunct the north node, although they are starting to separate slightly. And Neptune moving through the gate 36 still, the gate 36 being the gate of crisis or darkening of the light. And so, you know, a note here is that if you do have, let's say, the gate 35 in your throat center as a hanging gate, you have been under the influence of the channel of transitoriness for some time now. And if life has felt hard, if life has felt, you know, kind of like these waves of low energy and high energy, low energy times where you really feel like you want to pull back and kind of hide or higher energy times where you feel like you want to go out and have the human experience, that is the influence of the channel of transitoriness. And it can be deeply depressive. It can also be very, you know, high and and energized. And so just, you know, really watch, am I moving back and forth between kind of feeling manic and then feeling like, oh, now I just don't want to do anything. And then ask yourself, am I following my strategy and authority? Because Being under the influence of something is not being it. It's feeling it large and amplified and then identifying with it or not. And that's where the wisdom comes in is to not identify with it. You know, to say, hey, (laughs) I'm under the influence of this energy, but it's temporary. And it's here to teach me. And that's the fun about the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. They are what we are all learning So Pluto right now is still moving through the gate 61, the gate of inner truth or mystery. And so if you are someone who has the 24 in your ajna as a hanging gate, you have been under the influence of the channel of awareness, the design of a thinker. And so really watch, am I pressuring myself to know? And can I see how knowing does not come to me from pressuring? Knowing comes to me when I release the pressure and allow my mind to be open, to be awareness. And when my mind is awareness, I can actually use it to receive, to receive downloads spontaneously, to receive knowing without trying. And that's what we're all seeing, right? That's why we are all pressed to meditate or to follow your strategy and authority because the more we can take the rumination, the chewing, the you know incessant thoughts and identifying with those thoughts, 
away from the mind, the more we can take the decision-making pressure away from the mind, the more we can allow the mind to be awareness. And that is, that requires some habit breaking, right? So follow the strategy and authority and, you know, watch these themes play out in your life. All right, that wraps up the transits for October 23rd and the next handful of days. If you're enjoying this, please continue to and maybe let us know what you want to hear more about. Human design is such a vast ocean with so many themes and ideas and concepts and, you know, it is reflective of the whole. The whole collection of all of the mythology, all of the archetypes that exist in the shared field of consciousness. So if there's something you're like, ooh, I really want to hear about that, let us know. Send us a message on Instagram or email us. You can find the link to do so on the Instagram page. The Human Design Portal app is bringing you under the influence again. Cheers and enjoy your week.